0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When John the Baptist heard in prison of the works of the Christ, he sent his disciples to Jesus with this question Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Jesus said to them in reply, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind regain their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. And blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. As they were going off, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Then what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine clothing? Those who wear fine clothing are in royal palaces. Then why did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Amen, I say to you, among those born of women, there has been none greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks. So just about everybody knows that deserts are dangerous places. You know, the beating sun, the intolerable heat, the wind, the lack of shade, the lack of food, the lack of water. Woe betide the person who walks into a desert unprepared. They're liable to die there. Deserts, as we all know, are very dangerous places. The Hebrew people knew plenty about deserts. It's a big thing in their spiritual and religious imagination, their storytelling. and The biggest reason for that, of course, is because their story begins in a desert. Well, it actually begins in the, slave po- the slavery of Egypt, you know, under Pharaoh's thumb. How many hundreds of years did these poor people struggle and serve there, building God knows what, pyramids or something. Yet finally, they make their escape under the direction of good old Moses, They get out of Egypt. They miraculously cross the Red Sea. Pharaohs, chariots, and charioteers go into the drink and never come out again. And then finally, after those extraordinarily wonderful and miraculous events, they get out and they're headed towards freedom. They find themselves, guess where? In a desert, oh great, unprepared. This desert should have taken them maybe four weeks to cross if they were, you know, even kind of moving along just at a snail's pace. They take 40 years to do it because they wander and wander and wander. And why do they wander and wander and wander? Because they're a hard and stiff-necked people. They fight with one another. They're always tussling with one another. They won't follow Moses. They get angry. They get angry at Moses. They get angry at one another. They can't get along with one another, even though they're, you know, they, 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 the hard, times are hard. And people get cranky when times are hard. It's tough to go out there in the desert. So they've got that going. It's not easy. They probably didn't have enough water. They didn't have enough food for all the people. It's going to be rough. But this desert is particularly important, especially for the Hebrew people, because this desert is more than just a desert. This is going to be the experience that forms them into a people. This is going to be an experience of purgatory for them, a true purgation of their worst instincts, of their infidelities, of their infighting, of their their lack of, 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 of trust in God, their lack of humility. All of that's going to get burned out of them in this desert. Perhaps most important is during these 40 years, these people are going to learn that they cannot save themselves. They cannot feed themselves. They cannot find enough water for themselves. They cannot stop the fighting, infighting among themselves. It's just too much. They cannot save themselves. But far more importantly, they slowly but surely are going to learn that God not only can save them, but God will save them. When they are hungry and grumbling about not having enough food and they want to go back to the flesh pots of of Egypt, at least they had something to eat there as slaves. Just as they're about to all die, God sends them bread from heaven, the manna that we know so well in this story. When they get even hungrier and they're tired of the manna and they're grumbling, it is God who sends them a flock of grouse for dinner. When they are thirsty and they're about to die of thirst and their throats are parched, it is God who breaks open the rock and allows the splashing, lovely, crystalline waters to flow forth in that desert and give them all that they need. This pattern occurs over and over and over again. Even their infighting, even their tussling with one another, even their grumbling spirits, their infidelities. It is not they who cure themselves. It is not they who save themselves from that stuff. It's God who gives them the tablets that teaches them with force and with power. For God's sake, obey your parents. For heaven's sakes, don't kill one another. Respect one another's person and respect one another's stuff and you'll get along okay as you pass through these 40 years in this desert of So that by the time they get ready to come out of the desert and enter the famous promised land, longed-for promised land, they discover that they have become a people. They have become a people even more of God. That makes all the difference in the world for them. As they enter the promised land, this land flowing with milk and honey, this new life of freedom for them, and grace and joy. They know by now, because they have been purified by God in the desert, that it is God's gift, and God's gift alone, that they have arrived. It should come as no great surprise that when the great story of Israel is about to take yet another Extraordinary turn, when the page is going to be flipped, when something new is going to happen, when God is going to reveal himself and give himself in a new way, it should come as no surprise that the prophet of that new era in the history of Israel, that new beginning, that new Passover really, this John the Baptist, situates himself not in the city, not in the countryside, but yes, in the desert. Spiritually, it's the very same desert that his ancestors passed through so many centuries before. It is here where he will preach, and he will rant, and he will rave, this guy dressed in, in camel hair who eats grasshoppers and honey for his food. This wild man in the desert, this prophet, John, what does he teach and preach to the people? Repent, renew. Be ready for God is going to do something new. God is so close we can smell him. Come into the desert and be purged of your selfishness. Be purged of your infidelity. Be purged of your, of, of, of your hubris thinking that you can save yourself. Out here, it is God and God alone who will save you and make you ready for all that is to come, for the new Passover, for the new Lamb who will save His people, a new Lamb of God. This is what we prepare for here in this desert, just as our ancestors did in their Passover. This John in today's gospel has been put in prison. He will soon be murdered. He sends a delegation to Jesus because he has heard things about Jesus. He's heard good things about Jesus, his preaching and his deeds. And he cannot help but wonder and ask, Is this then the new Lamb of God, the one who is to come? Is this what we're waiting for? It sure feels like it. It feels like this is the answer to my own prophecy. So he sends a delegation, some of his followers up to Jesus, and directly asks them, are you the one who is to come? Jesus' answer is really beautiful. It's simple. He says to them, go and tell John what you yourselves see and hear. The blind regain their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. The desert blooms with new life. God is at work here. God is near. God is is flesh and blood among us. That's a beautiful thing that Jesus tells John. But then he turns and he almost scolds the crowd. He wants to remind them what they wanted when they went out to the desert to see John, because most of them certainly have. Why did you go out to the desert? What were you expecting to see out there? What were you expecting to hear? What were you expecting to experience in the desert with John? Why did you go? It's dangerous. Why did you put up with the danger? Why did you risk thirst and death and hunger by going into the desert? To see John and hear John. Were you going just to see, you know, some charlatan out there? No. Were you going to see some superstar out there? No. Were you going to see an entertainer out there who would delight you with a dance and a song and maybe some tricks? No. You went out to see and hear and listen to God's prophet, to God's word. You wanted hope. You took the risk of going back into the desert because you wanted to leave behind your old selves to prepare yourselves for something new and great and wonderful. And all that is new and wonderful and great that God is preparing for you. What are the signs of that? Open your eyes and your ears. You've been prepared. The blind regain their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. For those who have the ears to hear and the eyes to see, the Lamb of God, the new Lamb of God, the new Passover, the new kingdom of God is here.